Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Final Whistle. This is yours truly, Blaine Spencer. Alongside me is Anthony Pacifico. Anthony, how are we doing again this week? Well, listen, we had a big week. A lot of things happening in sports. We're going to start the show off today talking about the Masters. And as you know, Blaine, we've been friends for a very long time. And I don't really know much about golf. You, I don't know too much about golf, but I'm starting to learn. But nothing gets me more excited about golf than... The Masters on CBS. The Masters on CBS took place this past weekend. And if you did not listen to our first podcast, we made our predictions. And, you know, yours truly picked Tiger Woods, and he got the W. Anthony went with Dustin Johnson, who got a measly second place. Lost by one stroke. Measly, measly, <laughs> okay. There, well, and again, on to that point, let's just pick up where we left off with Tiger Woods. He won this week. He led the Greens in regulation. First major ever coming back from behind. That is major number 15 for Tiger. We just wanted to throw that out there. So I just wanted to brag a little bit that I got it right and Anthony got wrong. No big deal. Just throw it out listen, there. Listen, listen. Dustin fought hard. He fought well. Um, tied several people for second. That means a lot of guys were out there fighting for it. But you know what? After spending a few days thinking about this whole Tiger thing, I'm, I'm waiting for that 30 to, for 30 to come out about Tiger regaining his stripes or something like that with the nice pun. I'm waiting for something like that to come this out. This nice little red mock turtle I'm, I'm, waiting for I'm waiting for something to come out about, uh, about him. And I, I, I think that's one of the greatest comebacks in sports history. Oh, 100%. Michael Jordan came out today and even admitted it. Michael Jordan, one of the greatest... Probably debatably the greatest of all time at any sport. And I don't. And, and I'm not. Just, and I'm not just talking about comeback as in being down and coming back. I just mean in his life, being down and out, coming back, and absolutely incredible. People just what from the turmoil that he had personally, professionally, injuries. Two years ago, he didn't think he was gonna be able to play with his kids, and that was why he did the spinal fusion. Now. Two years later, after this surgery, he wins the 2019 Masters. Major number 15, Jack Nicholas. Watch out, baby. He's only three behind now. And you know what? A lot of these golfers, you know, they play until their late 50s, some of them early 60s. They do. A lot of people are questioning, can he catch Jack, right? And I'm sitting there. Let's do the math. He's got years left. You know, if, if he can keep up healthy, rebuild his healthiness, uh... Get all the way back to a hundred percent. I don't. I'm not gonna say no. I'm not gonna say no. He can't do it. I think it's possible. Oh, hundred percent possible. He's got every year. I think he's gonna have a chance at the Masters in the Open. Those two Masters, he just knows so well around the course. Winning his fifth green jacket this past year and the Open Championship. The the older players are a lot more competitive. I know. And at Turnberry a, l- a little while ago, Tom Watson had a six-footer to win, and he was in the 60s when that was happening. Ended up losing in a playoff. but uh, So the Open allows ageless wonders to come out more or less. But those two, he definitely has a chance probably every year. But health is always a premium. All right, so let's switch it up. Let's get back on, the, back on track here. We're going to talk about some NBA playoffs. And we're going to talk about the little uh, struggles that Russell Westbrook is having right now and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Nightmares. Portland Trailblazers lead 2-0 in the series currently, and Russell Westbrook's shooting percentage has been abysmal. So, Anthony, I'm going to lead this to you. Is Russell Westbrook 
the biggest concern to Oklahoma City right now and why they are struggling in this series? I've always said that, you know, I really like Russell Westbrook for being such a hard competitor and wanting to do so much for his team, but he is the reason that his team is down right now. Oh, two. He's the reason why they are probably going to get swept in this series. I, I maybe give them the game. As long as CJ McCollum and Dame Lillard are playing at their best right now, they're probably going to get swept. Shooting 10% from three, 10% from three over two games, that's, that's unacceptable. I mean, take smarter shots, be smarter with the ball. Look, I'm one of those big people who say that Russell Westbrook is just a stat, just a, a stat builder. You know, it's great that he's averaged, what, three seasons worth of triple-doubles? Yeah, year three now of consecutively in the regular season. But you can have – that's great in the regular season. If you can't show for it in the playoffs, it, that doesn't mean anything to me. I really think, you know, and I'm sure Paul George is kicking himself right now saying, well, well I don't know if he's kicking himself saying I should have went to L.A. seeing what, what's going on over there. But this is not – this is just not working out. You know, it's not working out. I I completely agree. Russell Westbrook has that issue of being a huge stat stuffer in the regular season, which I feel like is a main reason why he hold. I think he hold. He has the ball eighty five percent of the time on his offensive possessions for his team. So he's either making the pass or he's taking the shot. So let's just look at the series. He's, they lost one hundred four ninety nine. It's a game they should have won where Westbrook was struggling. Paul George did struggle down the stretch in that did, game as yeah. well. Uh, in game two, yikes! That third quarter was hard to watch. They could not make the brick side of couldn't hit the brick side of a barn. They couldn't make anything. Literally, uh, Westbrook ended up finishing five of twenty from the field in game two. And personally, for the Oklahoma City Thunder, he is not one that should be taking jump shots. He is a one that needs to drive the lane, get to the basket, get to the free throw line. And then make the dish out to the outside to the better three-point shooters like Terrence Ferguson, Paul George. They just need to be able to figure out something quickly. Luckily, they do have the next two games at home. Right now, Westbrook needs to become more facilitator and not a shooter. They play so much better when he is not scoring 20 points in a game. Like If he's averaging like around 15 points and he's averaging only 15 shots a game, their record's skyrockets up because he, he's getting everybody more involved and he's not taking those horrible pull-up shots and ruining the shot clock but here's the problem though and you just said it what you just said 15 points taking 15 shots that's not efficient he still doesn't play efficient basketball taking less shots scoring less points it, to me it's not efficient I, I'm not going to give the rest of his team a pass saying saying they're, they're not helping him either I mean Nerlens Noel okay Eight points, great. Dennis Schroeder, nine points. I mean, Dennis Schroeder was a starter. In Atlanta, and he was a good starter. And I feel like he should be doing a lot better. He's shooting 67% from free throw. That's just not acceptable. I mean, look, Steven Adams is playing tremendous basketball. I mean, Steven Adams is probably him and... Paul George are the two most consistent players on that team. I would say Stephen Adams might even be a little bit more consistent. I mean, he's he is what he is. He has a small jump shot, dominates the paint, rebounds the ball, plays smart defense. I think if 
he kind of instilled the rest of the team with that with that smart that smart uh fundamental basketball. I think they they could the series would be one and one. I mean, they're playing without Nurkic. A hundred percent. Like Nurkic is hands down their only post present they have. They are all stretch shooters other than Nurkic when he was on the team. He was their only interior presence. But I think an interesting what is it with Adams, you brought up Adams. I think they need to instill his physicality. Yeah. And start showing up, play some defense and maybe lock in. They got a Portland, they are all three point shooting. You need to get them off of the three point. Feed line. the big man. Feed the big man. Let him go to work. There's nobody that can guard him on that team. They have no Portland does not have a physical guy that can match up with Nurkic out. And something Paul George did well um with the Pacers is he'd obviously bigger guard forward. He could play he could play, you know, a small four if he has to. I say you switch it up a little bit and you kind of let him play a little bit more of a paint presence. I mean, sure, he can spread the floor. We all know Paul George has that shot, but I think with the if you want to win a game, you want to win the series against um, against Dame and CJ, you you gotta you gotta feed the bigs, and I think you should really have Paul George play as a big. I think you have Portland, not Portland, sorry, Oklahoma City move Paul George to the two and get bring in another bigger big man. You can and do you that. Instill some physicality, which allows Paul George. To become that lockdown defender again and put him on McCollum or Damian for the entire game. He might it might lack him on that side of the maybe offensively, but it becomes a matchup nightmare on their side where he is completely taller, overpowering, and he can just go to work. That's just one way. Just get more physical in the game. They're playing so like around the around the uh, three point line. There is no in- intuition of being able to be physical. I I couldn't agree more. With that, with that, have, you know, Paul George play the two, bring in another big man. But the problem with that is you have Markeith Morris, you have Nerlens Noel. We know what Nerlens Noel is. Paint presence, small f- offensive presence, big defensive guy, right? Mm-hmm. Markeith Morris, you know, he's not even getting many many options to even play. I mean, if you if you thought about your different combinations of who you're going to play with, you know, towards the end of the regular season, I really think you should have, you know, started warming these guys up better. You should have started having them play more, thinking about different lineups. Um, I think Billy Donovan really needs to get this ship under control. I think he really needs to sit Russell Westbrook down and be like, we need you to play point guard. We need you to play true-to-name point guard. We need you to be smart with the ball and don't worry about the shots. The shots will come. Westbrook can make jump shots. Any, 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 with, with it's a little close there. That's a little bit of a big if there. Especially inside jump shots. I'm not talking about outside. I'm like talking, free throw line in around there. Yeah, mid range. All right. He all can right. definitely drive to the basket. I just think he needs to play better. They need. They need to see what the, they need to take smarter shots. Smarter shots, and I think that starts with trying to with defense. Like, lock in, get that lock-in mentality so you're able to just jump into something else. You're able to transition into another idea where you're able to just – the mentality. That fan base is crazy. It's a small fan base in Oklahoma City, but they are all about the Oklahoma City Thunder, and they will rally around them. But you, they need to get the mentality locked in. Billy Donovan is a great coach. Don't get me wrong. He did great at Florida. He's doing great for the Thunder. He just needs to reel in Westbrook a little bit and just say, hey, 
give me give me the intensity but you need to not you need to know this is not about yourself not about you so listen i i'm not gonna lie to you i'm very sick about hearing about the same kind of selfish style of play from russell westbrook so i'm i'm gonna end this here and we're gonna move over to another russell that i like to talk about who i think is a real game changer we're gonna talk about russell wilson seattle seahawks russell wilson uh just signed this four-year 140 million dollar contract um it was a little later than he expected on his own deadline, but, I mean, he made the deal. Both sides are happy about it. Blaine, give me the scoop. Well, Russell Wilson, four years, $140 million over four years. That is insane. The highest in the NFL. That's, that's, that's debatable. You, we can talk about this right now. Tom Brady has taken cuts for a very long we were, time. We were just talking about we it before, just talking before, about taping. before we got on. But... We can talk about that later, but how do you feel I, about Russell Wilson's... I think, I th- I mean, quarterbacks these days, they're always going to get overpaid. Look at the Joe Flacco deal that he got in Baltimore after yeah. he won the Super Bowl. He had that, uh, what, a four-game run, and then they said, give me the money, give me the money, and they gave him the money. Um, so I don't think, I think he's overpaid. What Does he deserve a high enough contract to be in that discussion of having the top five paid quarterbacks, 100%. So, but do you think... He, he deserves his money. I just think they over, overpaid a little bit so in do my you, regard. Do so you I think, think Aaron sh- Rodgers should have been should maintain the highest paid Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Do you think if Aaron Rodgers should have been the... Yes, 100%. Even though Aaron Rodgers had a r- rough year, he has instilled more statistics. Well, more statistics in the passing game. He's able to be more of a central piece in that organization in Green Bay. Yes, Russell Wilson is a winner. I'm not going to lie, but at moments he has his rough days in the middle of the year like but he will be able to but yes, he deserves his money. So, I'm going to say yes, Russell Wilson does deserve deserve the money. Talented player, extremely talented. I think he's a smart quarterback. He knows when to use his legs, you know, he is a dual threat. He knows when to use his legs. He knows uh Good passing, and I, I think the team around him has gotten worse as he's gotten better. Oh, 100%. So, I think he's definitely deserving of this money. I think Aaron Rodgers is more talented. I just think Russell Wilson has been able to do more with the talent he has. More with less. Yes, and Aaron Rodgers has been, as we've heard in other reports, Aaron Rodgers has been kind of like a me, 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 where Russell Wilson wants to just go out there and ball. That's very true. You know, Russell Wilson... Um, believe third round pick out of NC State, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, NC State in Wisconsin, yeah. You okay. went to grad school was at Wisconsin. Okay, but um, he just always he came in there first year and they named him the starter over Matt Flynn that year and it, yeah I remember yeah I know but I'm just saying that's just, a Matt Flynn that had one great game I know in his one and, but, career but I'm just saying though that like, he came in everybody questioned oh they got Marshawn like they're gonna hand the ball off a lot runs like, for that read option and you know there were times where I was like is Russell Wilson just a game manager but you know what I'm starting to realize he's a lot more than that um this this deal isn't gonna be the highest Oh, it's going to be broken. Some, it's it's going to be broken be, next it's, year. It's going to continuously be broken. I, I think with the new deal, the new uh, player association deal. New CBA agreement comes um, in next year, yeah. But I think I can name offhand. I think Carson Wentz, even though he's been injured, I, I think he's going to break that deal. I think because he's young. Or he's going to get very close to it. 
He'll be right there around that range, yeah. I agree. Um, I think he has a lot to prove. Um, go birds. But I think that he's gonna be a he's gonna be an all pro when it's all said and done. Another guy who I like, who you know, one year as starter, but he was the MVP last year. Pat Mahomes. I think when Pat Mahomes' deal comes he, in, he's he gonna will, rack the he's gonna break the bank. He will be around. I think at least around one seventy five. I think I think it's gonna be huge. He could be around the two hundred million mark, to be honest. But uh, in regards to Wilson, he totally deserves the money. Do you think? Uh, but the way quarterbacks work is that they want to be the next biggest paid guy. Like it went from Andrew Luck to Aaron Rodgers. Now it's Russell Wilson. Think Matt Ryan was in there. Somewhere. Matt Ryan was in there and for a little bit. Joe Flacco was there. <laughs> don't, yeah, like, don't don't get don't get, get ants started, started about Joe Flacco. Flacco. <laughs> it's another it's another topic for another time. Well, I'm sure later in the season when we see him uh, quote ball out for the Broncos, I'm sure we'll be talking about him. Don't worry, guys. But uh, 100% totally deserves the money. Uh, in retrospect, coming up to this new upcoming year, uh, the NFL just released their uh, the season schedule for this year last night. Um, so, Anthony, are there uh, any key matchups that you are really dying to see in this regular season coming up? Well, you heard it before. I talked about Carson Wentz. talked about... Now I'm just going to announce oh, on air. Oh, here he's going to talk about his Eagles. Here we go. I'm going to talk about my Philadelphia Eagles. And here's why. Week 9, we got Eagles-Bears, I believe it's in Philadelphia. We got the rematch from the playoffs, as you know. Uh, former Eagles kicker Cody Parkey uh, missed the kick, bringing the Bears. Thank you, Cody. <laughs> thank you, Cody. Um, <laughs> but I really like this matchup because teams that both these teams, it's obviously a playoff rematch. Um I think the Eagles are definitely going to step it up. Carson Wentz, you know, with the back injury, I, I think he's taking the, the necessary time to take time off and heal and, you know, progress. I think he's doing a lot of work off the field. He's still throwing and things like that. Um, they have a great defense, um, you know, probably top five in the league. You got some young guys and they got some defensive linemen on rotation, uh, keeping the legs fresh in the Bears. Um, Matt Nagy's going to keep that, that offense, you know, in control and he's going to, you know, has some special surprises for defenses. Um, I think Trubisky's a little bit limited, but I think, you know, their running game, um, they're getting pass catchers out there, and, you know, great defense. I mean, Khalil Max there, you know he's a monster, but it's, it's going to be great with that Eagles offensive line, and I'm taking – that's week nine. Okay. That's the first one I'm rolling with. The second one I'm very excited to see, and it's going to be towards the end of the season. We're doing week 13. All right. We're doing Chiefs, Raiders, and Arrowhead. So now, they, really, you think the you think the Raiders will make it intriguing? I think so. I like. We talked last week about Antonio Brown. Um, I've always been a fan of Derek Carr out of Fresno. Um, I think what makes this week more interesting is that I feel like their records may be a little bit more similar. Maybe a few games here and there. Maybe maybe around two ish. But we're getting towards the end of the season, and this is going to be an important... So you think Oakland will be right there for a playoff I think, spot? I think the Chiefs... That's a prob- big ask for that I team. think the Chiefs will probably be the number one favorite in that in that division, and I think the Raiders and Chargers might just be a few steps behind them, but I really okay. think the Raiders can be in playoff contention. Um, they got a lot of picks in this draft. Um, offensive side of the ball, I'm not too worried about anymore. Um, I... Pat Mahomes coming off MVP season. He's got my man Andy Reid over there. I I think I think that's going to be there's just going to ball out both those teams. But that could it could potentially be a high scoring game. Both those defenses are are 
okay. They have their moment. It could be a raid. Could be an that, raid. That game last year in Oakland was a thriller. I think it was a Thursday night game, wasn't it? Where Derek Carr hit the nice little throw to the corner to Michael Crabtree on the pylon. I think that I think was at the so. buzzer, I think right? So. At the clock expired. What do you got, Blaine? What games you got? Well, we got here. So we got a little uh, St. Rams. We're going to start early with some St. Rams week two. Aye, aye, aye. The rematch of all rematches. People have been dying for <laughs> to see when this game was going to come out because, you know, both teams first place, so they get that first place record where everyone plays top teams in their, uh, in their conference. So St. Rams, it's in Los Angeles this time, so I think that becomes more of a benefit to Los Angeles. But the Saints, they're going to be revved up for that one. There's no if ands, or buts. You know they have that circle they, on their calendar. That game is circled. They are ready to rock and roll. They'll be ready. That game will be 42-38. That's, Last that's, team with the ball is going to win, I yeah, think, Yeah, that's going to be another one. I really hope – I'm very excited for that game. I want to see it played out. I don't. I don't want to see what these refs have been doing this past season. I want to see. I want to see some good, hard nosed football. I hope the refs been watching the tape. Is what I've been hoping. I hope. I hope they got them ready to go. Luckily, they did put in that new rule that you can review PI now. So we won't. Hopefully, we won't have that oh issue. Oh boy! All right. Oh, Bradley Roby Coleman, watch out, buddy. Don't don't hit him early this time. But um, for my second game, we're gonna be midpoint of the season. Um, we got a little Browns Patriots, Browns in New England. Again, Browns OBJ comes to town. That te- that I- offense is high flying. You got Baker, you got Nick Chubb. I think um, Duke Johnson's still there. Duke Johnson's there. Uh, Kareem Hunt, I think, is back by this game. It's either it, that, that week or the, the week. next week. But if he's back, there will be. Somebody, he is a Patriot killer. Someone we're forgetting himself. about. Someone we're forgetting about on that Browns offense, other than my man Baker Mayfield, who is going to ball out. We're forgetting about David Njoku, the he's big tight end out of Miami. Stud, young kid. Kid is a high jumper. That guy can soar. He is tight ends, as you know, historically are great for those those quarterbacks that are coming into the league. It's like a nice safety option, and he is a great focal point for Baker to, to focus around for the next coming years. As well as um, you have Mr. Won't Drop Anything, Jarvis Landry. Mr. Catch himself. Mr. I think he has the best catch radius. I think his catch radius is better than Odell, 100%. He, when that ball hits his hands, he is not dropping I mean, one's the ball. Go, one's about to go downfield. The other one's about to go just, in the middle of the field. They're about to ball, they're about to ball out. And they got uh, Antonio Callaway there. I think he's going to be yeah, still he's playing got the that slot. Stretch guy, yeah, yeah. Another speedster. But... You know. You know who's on the other side watching... You know, you know, Bill Belichick will be ready for that one. You're, you know, Bill Belichick. You know, the goat, Tom Brady. They'll be ready. The reigning Super Bowl champs. You gotta. You always think that they're they'll have that rough start at the beginning of the year. They'll be like two and two or one and three, and everyone's like, every the year. Patriots. That's it. It's over Tom, for no, them. No, 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 no. Tom every, Brady's retired. The cliff. The cliff. That's all we hear about. Tom Brady falling off this cliff. Tom Brady's probably sitting in in his house right now. You know. Looking at some film, looking at the playbook, drinking a mimosa right now, thinking, circling this game, saying, "Yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be a great game." I know every NFL fan is gonna want to see me versus Baker, and you know what he's doing right now? He's enjoying himself because he knows, yeah, we might have a slow start in the season, but you know what? We'll I'll see you. In the, we'll, we'll see you in the playoffs. We'll see you in the playoffs. And I think this is at this point of the year, the Browns are gonna have a real challenge on them. They have four prime time games. The NFL gave them four prime time games this year to see. 
what this offense is all about. And Coach Kitchens, again, he was an offensive coordinator. He finally has the reins of a football team. People think he's more of a figurehead more than anything at the head coaching position just to keep Baker happy. We'll see what he's made of. He's going to go against the mastermind himself in week eight. So I think that'll be an interesting affair to see, to see whether or not the Browns will be competitive enough and see if they're a true contender. So I'm excited to see what Coach Kitchen can do with this team. Um, I think he was, he gave them a fair chance uh, at the end last year. But Baker Mayfield is not, you know, he's played in big games before in college He's played even in the pros. You know, he went. He's going. He went to a franchise that was in the bottom of the barrel, and look where he took them. I think he's he's going to live a up to the moment. At the end of the year. He's going to live up to the moment. I think that's a division for them that is going to be up in the air with all the changes in the Steelers. Baltimore is probably going to be on the decline. You don't know what Lamar is going to uh, bring because if they can figure him the out, the Bengals are another dumpster fire. And I think the, I think the Browns can compete. I really do, and I think this this is going to be that mark where either they're going to figure out who they are and, you know, flip a switch coming into the following weeks in the second half of the season. But that's a great matchup. Can't wait for that one. There are so many other matchups. We didn't want to go through all of them. We'd be here for like three, four hours. Diving right in. But um, let's, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit, something that a former NFL head coach discussed uh, about his team. Tom Coughlin, former coach of the New York Giants now uh, works in, uh, I don't he works in the Jacksonville Jaguars staff, uh, and he came directly out about OTAs. He didn't about wanting everybody there. We don't know if shots were directly towards a couple of his players, Telvin Smith and Jalen Ramsey. They're two studs on the defensive side of the ball. Have skipped out on their first uh, set of workouts for OTAs. Um, so, but he came out. He was like, "We almost have a hundred percent attendance, but." We need everyone to be there to be able to instill that culture that we want to create. So, Anthony, do you do Tom Coughlin's words warranted, or is there anything to worry about here? Nothing to worry about. What's the deal here in Jacksonville with Tom Coughlin coming out? I hear a lot of things about Jalen Ramsey being unhappy, and might be on. I hear I've heard every every year he's been unhappy since week four last year. I've heard every year that they're going to trade him. They want to move him. He's unhappy. I think it's about time that. That they finally start making a decision to move him. I mean, look, they brought Nick Foles in. They're going to try to compete. They lost a lot of people on defense. They gained some people on offense. I don't think Tom Coughlin should be the person to be saying this. It should be your head coach. It should be Doug Marone. It shouldn't be your, you know, your vice president of football operations. That figurehead. It should be somebody who's with the players all the time. And that, Tom Coughlin does, you know, do routines with the players, but... This should come from your head coach. Your head coach is the one who's liable for for things like this. I, it's almost like he was undercutting him, don't you think? A little bit, and I think I think that's what Tom Coughlin's been doing to Doug Marone over there. I I don't think Tom Coughlin should have been the one to say it. I think Doug Marone should have. I also think it's a little petty. Um, I, Telvin Smith and Jalen Ramsey are two standout players. They're they're dominant on that defense. Um, they are the defense. Basically. Yeah. Ramsey exactly. takes away half of the field. Yeah. And then Telvin Smith is a plug um, in the middle. But it's just, it, we're so early in the season that you're going to give them, you're going to give them some garbage now, this early in the year. Like, I, I get it, but I don't, I don't think it's that serious. I mean, I, I think it's, they're blowing it up. I'm, I, they're just starting their Jaguars drama earlier than they normally started. They normally started around 
Week six, when they're trying to compete, they're losing games by 15 to one. To scrubs, more or less, after probably beating, like, what? They beat the Patriots last year handily, and then they they, they, fell apart. Then they average, like, 14 points a game or something. They can't get in the end zone. Running backs aren't showing up. They're they're having off-the-field issues. Look, you're going to get on these two for for not— Jalen Ramsey has probably been the best corner in the NFL for— since he came out. Arguably, 100%. And I, I'm going to say leave Telvin Smith alone too. Tom Coughlin, this is not your team anymore. If you want to get back in the coaching, you had the perfect opportunity for plenty of teams who wanted you. Now you want to come back to your old organization and run it like you're the coach. Please, enough. I completely agree, Ant. I think it's completely over the top. You have your best two players and you're taking shots at them. I don't think, more or less, they were directed towards them even though they, he... Didn't refer to anybody, but come on now. There's no way you're not taking a shot at him, if more or less. But let's let's look at let's face it. Jacksonville is a team that they are going to be a huge make or miss this year. We're gonna. They think quarterback was the only issue with Bortles, and now they're bringing in Fools. We'll see if it helps them out. But they're still good. They're probably going against the most balanced division. I think in football. You have Tennessee, Houston, Indianapolis, and Jacksonville. You could, out of all those four teams, you could, you probably couldn't even figure out who's going to win that division, because of how even those other all these four teams are basically. You can honestly see, debatably, you could see three out of those four teams getting the two, one winning the division, the other two getting the two wild cards almost, and battling with LA or Oakland for that last wild card spot. So you can more or less take take an imprint on that but Tom Coughlin's got to relax like this is ridiculous why he would even take in the forefront I think Doug Marone actually looks in a really bad spot now because I think he's him and Coughlin need to have a chat and understand what is happening here and Jalen tell him wherever you are if you're in the Bahamas keep celebrating enjoy your time off if you're Doug Marone I'm sure the organization is saying that, you know, you're in, you're in the hot seat. He seems like he's in the hot seat. Coughlin's undermining him a little bit. But you know what? Jaguars organizations, Jaguars professionals, other teammates, there's, other, there's two other players you need to worry about on that team. Not Jalen Ramsey and Telvin Smith. You should have brought Nick Foles in on a great contract, a team-friendly contract. Let's see how he can do. Um, he has the skill set. I think they can work with him. But... Focus on him development with the playbook on the offensive side of the ball. That that's one focus. Sticking with the offensive side of the ball. Worry about your run game. Leonard Fournette has been in trouble for how many times now? You don't know who And he's an injury he's injury prone. It's ridiculous how, you don't know how who's, often he's getting You don't hurt. know who's playing backup anymore really. You don't you don't know the depth on that position. Stop harboring on your defense. Every year they worry about this defense, and it's a great defense, but you know what? You can't put points on the board. Put points on the board, then come back to me worrying about these players. They need to worry about the wide receiver position. Who do they, do they, who do they have out there? Marquise Lee is your number one, and he's probably more of a slot guy Who's for there? his D. position. D.D. Westbrook, too? D.D. Westbrook, he's a prototypical slot guy. You have Keelan Cole, another slot gonna, guy. They have they have slot receivers trying to play the number one and number two spots. Gonna, I think they're gonna they're gonna regress even more. I would like to. I I hope the best for Nick Foles. I, I think there are other opportunities and other places he could have went to. Um, I, I think that defense really sold him now. 
I think he knows that he doesn't. But he you just know has what though? But you know out. what though? He should be. He should. He saw in the playoffs the year he made the run for the Super Bowl. I mean, they folded. They fold every year. I mean, he's he he got. Well, well Tom Brady was also in. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, of course <laughs> the goat. But I, 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 but uh, I just it's a dysfunctional organization. I really think they should have been just. just he could have just been a lot smarter about it. I, I I think Marone should have said something, but Marone isn't very like a hands on coach. And to be quite honest with you, he's probably on the hot seat. Oh, hundred percent. But you if you want to st- we can stick with Florida if you want. Sure, what we got now this time for Florida. What do you got? Tampa Bay Lightning and them folding in the playoffs. Let me hear it, Blaine. Oh don't get me started. This was an absolute nightmare. Tampa Bay Lightning the best team in hockey, 62 wins in the regular season, tied for the most ever. They ended up getting swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, first team ever to get uh, with the highest losing possession to not win a game in hockey. They blew a 3-0 lead after leading 3-0 in the first period. They ended up, and then after that, it was a straight demise. You lose 5-1, 3-1, and then two nights ago, you lose 7-3. They just, like, they quit. They literally quit after blowing a three-goal lead in the first period, losing 4-3, and they just, they, what, Columbus, I think, scored three in the third period just to, to win that game. It's four unanswered. It re- unbelievable to how to see how much they collapsed. Don't, don't get me wrong. All the credit in the world to Columbus. They played a heck of a series. But after, after what you think Tampa Bay was most people's to win the Stanley Cup, they were the favorites by a mile. People were talking about like how Pittsburgh and New York were like, we have to go in and play these guys after, after our, battling our series? Insane. Well, here's the thing. Tampa Bay isn't, you know, I'm not giving them a pass at all, but I know Columbus was a lot better than just an eighth season. I know they played a lot better. Uh, uh, they were the 13th best team in the NHL based on points with 98, a higher total than three Western Conference playoff teams, which yeah, includes the, the Stars, the Golden Knights, and the Avalanche. Um, they're a better team than, than where they ranked. I understand that. But if you're out here being historic, you know, bring bring what you have from the regular season into the playoff. I mean... The only recent thing I can really compare it to is the Golden State Warriors when they had that historic run regular season, they broke the Bulls' old record, and then they, they fell short in the finals. Um, UVA, Cavaliers, yeah. getting the one seed and then losing first round that's to the a, That's probably seed. even closer to this. I and wouldn't say the UVA loss is probably insurmountably more, but like still, but like a team with that much talent. I, I just think that the Lightning tried to get flashy, no pun intended. They tried to, you know, they tried to blow teams out. You know, they should, They just need, they're another team that needs to just play smart fundamental hockey, score smart goals, and play great defense. And I think they did that all year on their, on their uh, regular season win total. But they just decided to get cute in the playoffs and... They were trying. They were trying to just blow Columbus out of the water, and it backfired. And and you're not, you're not going to do that in hockey. You're you're just not. You you got to play consistent all year. Um, you got to know where your weak points are, and 
they they just opened they just opened this horrible box. Floodgates were completely opened afterwards. They just like they were they looked so deflated in the next three games. They almost they basically gave up. It was insane to watch. All credits due Columbus though. They're gonna have they have a great shot now to move on. Columbus Blue Jackets another great shot to move into the champ uh, the conference championship. We'll see how they uh, fare out from there. Um, that's all from us, uh, Blaine. From Blaine here, Anthony here. Uh, thanks again for tuning in for another episode of Final Whistle. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening, and uh, hope to hear from you guys soon.